Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate Venus Blissful! After what, baby, come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur bosses? God put those here to test our faith. Damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! Welcome back, everybody, to the Deep Share podcast. I'm very excited to talk about this topic. It's something that's a hot button in my home, in our community, and now becoming a global situation, of course. Um, Tonight, I have on John Klizek. And he is a professor who has taught uh, rhetoric, and he's also uh, the author of School World Order, which is actually originally how I found him uh, a while back and hadn't had a chance to ask him on. And then I found this article from uh, Unlimited Hangout that he had just written all about this crazy woman and her her the the reign of terror in the spiritual community that she has had uh, in a very uh, clandestine way. So we're going to get into that and possibly his book, and we're, we'll see where it takes us. So everybody, please welcome John Klezek. How's it going, hey, man? Thanks for having me, Andy. It's doing all right. Glad to have you on, man. I really appreciate it. I know this this article just came out what the other day or last week. How recent is this? I want to say last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Our, our okay. I caught up with it just the day that I emailed you, man. Uh, Cause this, this whole topic is very personal because uh, you know, I'm a psychedelic guy. That's where my background is into the world of the weird and questioning things it starts at psychedelics where a lot of the concepts that this technocratic spiritual thing that's happening in our, in our culture, a lot of that speaks to a lot of like the deep inner truth that I have found in myself, you know, heard about talking around campfires with friends, deep research into ancient history. So while there is a lot of validity to the concepts at their roots in a lot of what these people say in general, I know that of course, there's um, a hidden agenda here, and it's probably one of the most powerful ones. And who knows, it probably connects back to the first time psychedelics were raging loose in the culture in the 60s and being handed out possibly by CIA clandestine agents in, in the rock and roll community. Who knows? 
it's been going on for a while, obviously, and it's all coming together, it seems now. And John, I won't ramble on anymore. First, let's get a little bit of background from my audience into who you are and and uh, where you are in this in this game we're playing with with these elites. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so you know, as you mentioned, I uh, I teach college rhetoric. I'm an adjunct at a couple of different community colleges. Um, I'm married. I got a rat, a rat terrier. Um, you know, author of School World Order, um, which uh, was b- based on a lot of Charlotte Thompson Iserbeet's research. She worked for the Department of Education under Ronald Reagan, blew the whistle on something called Project Best, which is basic education skills through technology. And so it was this technology initiative uh, to basically change academics to workforce training through public-private partnerships that would uh, implement Skinnerian um, teaching machines that would use operant conditioning uh, to psychologically condition your, your kids rather than, you know, teach them grammar, logic, and rhetoric in the, in the classical method. Um, and so that's sort of how I kind of dipped my feet into, I guess, the world of so-called conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I should also mention that, uh, you know, Charlotte Thompson Iserby, uh, she, her, her family was, uh, her father and her grandfather were the Order of Skull and Bones. Uh, ah. And so my book also actually uh, looks at how the Order of Skull and Bones um, was instrumental in um, not just setting up the uh, stimulus response or classical psychological conditioning methods in the education system, but basically... Uh, they, impl- they, they were instrumental in setting up compulsory education, uh, and they were also uh, had their hands in setting up the, the whole ed tech agenda. Um, and, you know, actually, Char- Charlotte just passed away back in February this year. I actually, uh, you know, I, I, I went and visited her about six, seven times in the last couple of years. Uh, she gave me all of her research, gave me all of her files, all of her books, including the Skull and Bones address books that she leaked to Anthony Sutton, who wrote this book here, America's Secret Establishment, The Order of Skull and Bones, sort of the, uh, the seminal work on uh, the yes. order. Um, and, um, you know, so that's sort of my background as far as how I dipped my feet into this. The book does sort of look at, obviously, you know, through investigating the order of skull and bones sort of the occult dimensions uh in the the ed technocracy um so in some ways you know this this are this this article i just recently wrote is a little outside my general wheelhouse but it, it does dovetail in some ways with my my uh research that, that i focused on prior yeah i would say if it if it uh dovetails it all into the secret societies and things like that it's that's it's literally what we're talking about. Almost. I I feel like this technocratic uh, spiritual convergence that we're going to get into tonight is kind of like a, uh, an exoteric version of what has been esoteric for so long. It's almost like it's a, they're coming out with all of it and it's everywhere and you can't even look away and they're promoting it. And everyone around us is going, yeah, it sounds cool. I like robots. And it's like, Oh, Oh God, this is not good. So there's the main reason I wanted to have you on was to find out about this woman that you centered this article around this godmother of the transhumanist movement who 
I guess I've been living in a closet or under a rock somewhere because, man, I have never heard of Barbara Marks Hubbard before, unless I've heard of some of her work without knowing her name and passing or something. But, man, I've been in this game for like 20 years looking into different gurus and spiritual snake oil peddlers and things like that. And man, her name has slipped by me this whole time. And it's just interesting that she's who she is and has her fingers where she was. And it's just amazing that I have never heard of her. So let's get into this. Like, who is this woman and how has she impacted us without us even knowing? So uh, a little background on her that's actually not in the article. It, it, it did find it to be germane, but just to sort of give you sort of like a biography. Uh, so she is the heir to the uh, Marx Toys uh, fortune. So Lewis Marx uh, was one of the biggest uh, toy manufacturers, um, you know, back in the early 20th century. Um, and so, you know, was, a, was basically independently wealthy. Um, her, her sister, uh, actually married uh, Daniel Ellsberg. So her sister uh, is now Patricia Ellsberg, uh, mm. or was. I don't know if, if, she's, if she's still alive. Barbara Marks Hubbard passed away in, in 2019. Um, convenient. She, <laughs> yeah. Very <laughs> convenient <right>. for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's one of the things I mentioned in the article was, you know, she was using this new normal uh, phrase uh, at least as early as 2008. Okay, yeah. might have been earlier. Uh, so you know, I just made you know made coincidence or whatever, but it, it was right you know right before I guess her, her idea of a new normal sort of became a slogan. Um, wow. But some other stuff that was notable about her was that uh, she met uh, through her father. Her father was friends with Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, President Eisenhower, and she met Eisenhower when she was relatively younger. And she tells this story on repeatedly on all the different you, you know, speeches she's given. You can find a, a lot of them on YouTube. Uh, and, you know, I guess she went and talked to Eisenhower and asked some, him something like, uh, you know, we had just developed the nuclear bomb and, you know, a lot of other technology. And she's like, what is what is good about what, what we're developing technologically? And I guess Eisenhower says something like, well, I don't know. And then she's like, well, I had to find out, you know, and then that sort of set her on this cosmic journey to, you know, sort of make, find a way to get technology to move along with something she called conscious evolution. So sort of merging technological evolution with some cosmic or spiritual evolution. Uh, and at one point, um, she also was a candidate for the vice president of the United States of America. It was in 1984. Uh, and so she was going to be, you can find this speech on, on YouTube. Uh, and she was gonna be uh, Walter Mondale's uh, uh, VP and um, you know, conceded to um, whoever it was that they ended up running with Mondale instead. His name escapes me. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, just an interesting sort of side note that I discovered actually last night is that um, at some point we'll probably talk about the human potential movement and how it tied into um, or stemmed from the humanistic psychology of Abraham Maslow. Well, he had this thing called the Eusychian Network that Hubbard was a part of. And in that network was 
something I think it was the Association for Religious Humanism mm-hmm. or the Association for Humanism. I'll have to check my notes, but um, it's it's in this book here, which is Maslow's right his uh, psychology of being. But uh, one of the founders of that is uh, Mondale's brother. So it's just interesting that, you know, she was running in these circles sort of, sort of. They always do, man. They always do. That's so bizarre that she was also into politics. It makes perfect sense for obviously what she's been, what she was doing for so long, you know, being a charlatan. (laughs) But I mean, I wonder like, so could she have also been a puppet? So, I mean, I got into it a little bit with you before we recorded, but, and as my listeners probably understand by now that it's like, I kind of walk a fine line between these two worlds where it's like a lot of the information coming out of this movement is to me, it's genuine, but it's more that it's hijacked. And that always seems to be the case. It doesn't matter what culture you look at this force that comes at us all the time always it never seems to create its own thing it always just hijacks what's true so it seems really attractive naturally to us and it's easier to be lured into their perception of it because you know a lot of the ideas behind you know what we're finding about frequencies and things like that like i I don't know maybe i'm just being duped but i i find a lot of that to be uh relevant but not with all this shit that they're attaching onto their agenda and where it's going is that what do you think about that well i got a lot of guff uh for (laughs) this article from a lot of people that uh had a lot of they're supposed to be being spiritual and being super, super positive all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, all that positive thinking stuff. I mean, I won't say that anybody called me any names or pejoratives. I mean, but the tone wasn't exactly like, you know, uh, <laughs> the critiques were not specific. It was, you know, very just sort of, you know, I, I didn't get any ad hominems, but there were sort of these generalizations like, you know, this is... Uh, you know, fear mongering, which, you know, and then I usually ask something to the effect of like, can you point out the part that you're referring to? And most of the time people just, <laughs> they, don't, they don't actually do that. Some people did. Uh, and actually, uh, I spent all day responding to somebody today as far as uh, this was related to the HeartMath Institute that we'll talk about later. And uh, yes. So, so in response to that, I, you know, made me dig deeper and, you know, actually confirmed further confirmed what what i had uh what i had surmised or what i had uh, implicated with the rest of the research um but you know so that you know that's your question as far as like you know was she you know i guess a puppet or something like that or did she have good intentions i mean i had you know somebody literally asked me like did you know her i knew her and it's like <laughs> Well, no, I didn't know her. So no, I can't get in her head. You know, I mean, I'm just looking at, you know, that's a little much. Yeah. The agenda, you know, I'm looking at in her own words, quotes of of what she's pushing. Uh, So, you know, at some point, whether or not you're a puppet, right. You're, you sort of either, you have to take some responsibility for your puppetry at some point. Right. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. Definitely. No, I totally agree. I wanted to kind of set that stage because there, there exists that gray area. And I think it's a result of us as always looking to heroes rather than the information that they're saying, 
you know, because the information can be neutral. It can be used in whichever way they, they want. I always make the Star Wars comparison with the Force, right? There's two sides to, the, to this amazing thing that exists. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like, and, and part of the reason why I don't just, you know, just make an assertive statement about, you know, oh, the woman was evil. I mean, you know, if you, it, in the next installment, I'll, we'll look at, I'm going to document some of her, these quotes, these Malthusian eugenic quotes about basically culling large amounts of the population to make way for the, the future of conscious evolution. I mean, stuff like that is pretty psychotic. I mean, yes, it, it absolutely I would, is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd have to say that's pretty <laughs> evil, right? But part of the reason why, why I don't just, you know, why, why I sort of try to at least, you know, give some kind of benefit of the doubt or, or rather at least entertain the thoughts of people who, you know, are def- coming to her defense is one that, you know, as you, as you n- noted that in this whole world of, you know, exposing the truth, you know, there's a lot of unnecessary fighting amongst different sides and, 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 uh, you know, so I, I don't care to stir any of that up, uh, you know, and it's, it's sort of, a. uh, you know, and I, and I, I don't care to be, uh, my, I don't like my rhetoric to be overly emotional and, and things like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I stand by what I, what I wrote and I, you know, I would say that, uh, again, you know, if she was, you know, puppeteered, you know, I mean, at, at a certain level, she was complicit in, in the, the puppeteering, which, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I'd have to say, you know, not probably not a good person, maybe misled or deluded or something like doesn't that. doesn't matter. Right. You know, if you misled us all off a cliff, that's that's not good. You know, it doesn't really matter. I get hung up on the controlled opposition angle just because it fascinates me. A lot of times I don't find it to be what we all think it is. A lot of people kind of, again, it's either heroes or, or devils. You know, it's it, we look at everyone like that instead of kind of like, well, what's the information? And then where is this group of personalities steering that information? And what are they justifying in its name, right? I mean, a lot of times the most profound truth can be hijacked and used in the wrong way, of course. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree with uh, you know, what you've written about this. Um, I would like to get further into that. Like, Let's talk about this, the global conference initiative that she's a part of this. Uh, it's a science-based co-creative project to unite people in heart-focused love and intention to facilitate the shift in global consciousness from instability to discord, to compassionate core, cooperation and increasing peace. So we know they always use this kind of rhetoric, but Let's get into that. I mean, this literally sounds like every hippie's wet dream. And and I say that not in a mocking tongue. Like, I truly appreciate that from a psychedelic point of view, that this is where we all know we should be going. But can we talk more about how this language is twisted under this organization, these organizations? So that's so I believe I believe we're referring to the it's the Global Coherence Initiative, which is part of the uh, HeartMath Institute. Yes. Um, yeah, and so she promoted that in two books. One of them is Birth Twenty Twelve and Beyond, and the other one is uh, this one here, which is Awakening the Power of Our Social Potential: Conscious Evolution. 
Uh, I may have I may have inverted the subtitle with the main title there, um, but you can see in the title here that this is sort of a, an offshoot of the idea of human potential movement, but rather social potential. Um, and uh, here's Birth 2012 and beyond. Just for people who want to just take a look at the artwork mm -hmm. there. Um, and basically, in both of those, the idea of heart math is. Um, as you mentioned, so she so in the birth 2012, she puts it as part of this uh, shift network and also connected to something called the birth 2012 campaign. And interestingly enough, in this book, she says that 2012, if everybody remembers, you know, 2012 was going to come up with you know, all these different theories about. What's oh, yeah. Right? Well, e e even in this book, though, she says that 2012 is the shift point. And we'll have eight years to get ready for the real next level, which eight years later is 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Which is COVID Boom. and which is Everything. the new normal that she mentions in several uh, other publications. Okay. One of one of those other publications is this 52 codes for self, uh, what is it? Self conscious self evolution. That's right? the one I'm familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that, little, that little butterfly there, so, you know, <laughs> transforming, you know. Uh, Some listeners so idea, are already picking up on the symbolism. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the idea of the, the heart math and the Global Coherence Initiative is, is this, that, so the Heart Math Institute, which is connected to Heart Math Inc., so there's like a for-profit branch and there's like a, um, a non-profit branch, okay? And both of them traffic in the same products, which are these biofeedback wearables. And uh, there's a whole industry of biofeedback wearables. You're probably maybe familiar with some of them, yes. like the Fitbits, or like they've got meditation apps. They got some for, for prayers or for to help you sleep. There's some that I talk about in my book that are for uh, to measure the students, basically what they call their social, socio-emotional learning algorithms. So like, are they paying attention? And it measures stuff like, um, you know, do they enjoy the, the curriculum, things like that. But it measures stuff like um, heart rate, okay, uh, galvanic skin response could be EEGs, so like brain waves, okay. The HeartMath Institute, what they specialize in are these wearables that track your uh, your heart rates, okay? Uh, and, you know, sort of using it with like meditation techniques. And so, um, so two of the products are, one is called M-Wave and the other one is called Inner Balance. And um, they use sort of a multi-level marketing strategy to sell this stuff, if you know what that is, which that's something that's intimately tied with the human potential movement and a lot of these self-help guru type you know, not all cult, but cult, <laughs> cult <laughs> organizations, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, so like you, you, like you can be a heart math coach or a heart math trainer, and so you go and you take this class, you get certified to sell these wearables and train other people how to use them, and you can train companies how to use them. There's actually applications for schools in there, so you know, like if uh, you want your your employees to sort of everybody to kind of gel and you know get team building and all that type of stuff. Um, there's little packages for the heart math coaching on that. Uh, so the global coherence initiative, which is what Hubbard promotes in the birth 2012 book is basically it's, it's the same applications. You're going to, you're going to put this thing on and then you're going to go into this online sort of social media platform called the global care room. 
and it's gonna like have a little globe on there and it's gonna like light up little like little dots of light where people are you know meditating and have, with their app and this app mm. is sort of measuring your your ecgs uh and the idea is that everybody's going to synchronize their heart rates and they're all going to focus their attention on something positive to help us all sort of cohere as a global community uh, and for her, this would help shift consciousness towards, you know, the new normal and uh, this whole idea of conscious evolution. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, hooks up to your, to your smartphone uh, through, through something that goes on your ear. And, and, and somebody had, had commented uh, on my telegram and uh, I was typing this up today and I didn't I haven't had a chance to send that off yet because um, I actually did research. You know, I, I, so, you know, if anybody has questions or comments, you know, please engage me. I, I always engage back. Uh, and um, but but the person said something like she had used it and didn't think there was anything weird about it. You know, it just helped her uh, manage her stress and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't doubt that on an individualized basis, it could do that. But what I'm looking at is this, this global coherence initiative that could sort of be used to sort of, you know, get everybody on board with some agenda or another. Uh, and so what I did was dug a little deeper and saw that, you know, back in, I want to say June 2nd of 2021, right? When sort of lockdown stuff was sort of slowing down, they were like, you need to put your app on and go to the global care room and meditate on the, on patients, because even though we're getting close to, uh, uh, you know, ending the lockdowns, we're not there yet. And so you need to be patient and, you know, you have to be responsible for each other in this global community. So quite literally, you know, there was a, there was a, an event or an initiative through the, the global coherence initiative with the global coherence app where people were sitting around meditating on how they should be more patient and, and not, you know, go out and party or, you know what I mean? Jump out of their skin and because they've been locked down. In other words, comply with the new normal, the, the lockdown. So, I mean, you know, I, I didn't include that part in my article, um, but lo and behold, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what they did. And I found something else that, uh, right now, the, the current global care uh, uh, initiative, so you put your app on and what you're supposed to meditate on is the Ukraine war. Okay? Oh, of course. And so now, the, the one thing I'll say about that is that it, it actually wanted it, it wanted you to meditate on, on both sides sort of coming to peace. So, it wasn't oh, okay. like, you know, pick a side or, you know, but, it, but it's still it's, it's still there. Everybody's, you know, brainwaves focused on whatever is the news cycle and sort of to be in, in coordination with with that. You know, what I mean? right. And we know, I mean, my God, I mean, I haven't asked and I don't if whatever, if you're comfortable talking about your own personal spiritual beliefs or not. But, you know, my God, like this is just <laughs> it's just such a rip off of real spirituality, of course, because your spiritual like teachings that are, are honest are trying to pull you away from all of that stuff to give you time away from anything or understanding the transitory aspect of the material world and all this good stuff that is true. Oh, it just gets, it does, it gets hijacked by these people. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, you know, that's another, that's another angle where I sort of got some guff, which was uh, from the sort of the Gnostic community. So I, you know, I'm a classical Christian and, you know, and I'm not a Catholic or an Orthodox and I'm not a Protestant and I don't really have a church like that, but I'm not a Gnostic Christian. You know, I believe in the, you know, Jesus is the son of God, died for my sins, you know, uh, 
is the Logos incarnate, you know, all these things that you would, the, the traditional, not Gnostic Christianity beliefs, right? Um, and a lot of Gnostics, um, because because Barbara Marks Hubbard, you know, she, she uses this term herself, right? She I know. To the effect of, we will, when we reach conscious evolution through technology, and she, she at one point even refers to uh, the internet, and not just the internet, but like Facebook and, and social media platforms as our extended nervous system. And that through this nervous system, which heart math and the global coherence, you could tie that into it. Through that ner extended nervous system, we will consciously evolve into, she says, quote, the Gnostic human. Okay. Yeah, so, right. And there's also, you know, uh, so H plus or humanity plus, which is the... Um, the magazine for the World Transhumanist Association. There were several publications that I quoted from in the article where they conflate or tie together the idea of Gnostic spirituality with um, transhumanism, right? So sort of, you know, if you think about the idea, you know, like the theosophical branch of, you know, sort of the Gnostic tributaries this idea of becoming the ascended master, you know, I mean, it, you know, the language in many ways go together. With the Gnostics, a lot of Gnostics, uh, their their rebuttal was that, well, we don't believe that technology is how you get there. Exactly, that's sort of what you were saying, right? That's that, that's that, exactly where I was going. You know, it's 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 a hijacking because they're going, yeah, isn't that great that you're this being and we're all this thing? Uh, yeah, and this is how we do it. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You had me up until that, that point. And my wife actually said that because we were talking, like I told you before, I was reading some of your article to her and she's like, heart, heart math. No, no. And she's thinking of all these different names. And, you know, like I said before, in my humble opinion, it's like, I told her, babe, if you had a TV show right now and you wanted to express what you felt and what you thought was the truth to the people, what would you be saying? Would you be telling a lot of these spiritual things that you've learned through your own experiences that these other people seem to be saying in maybe better, more sexy language? Uh, yes, I would, you know, and that doesn't make you an agent, but it, it absolutely, you know, it's, it's such a hard line to find, honestly. And I, and I, I'd like my listeners to hear this. If I haven't said it a billion times, my thing is if they're telling you that you can do it yourself, it's, it's probably the truth. And even if they're selling lessons, I would say if, if they're not selling any products, if you can do it with your own damn body and everything, that's at least something in the right direction. As soon as there's, as soon as there's any attachment to the external world, then you're not talking about spirituality that tries to detach you from the external world. You know, it's kind of a mockery in itself. And those of us who've been sticking around for a long time in this community are like, Okay, I see what they're doing. Oh, this is not going to be good because they're going to sweep up a lot of good thinkers with their agenda who see through a lot of the surface level stuff that the church has done for thousands of years, but also sees through this technocratic bullshit that's trying to hijack this old way. I'm not trying to ramble here, but just to throw in, if you're familiar with Terrence McKenna or not, he you know, we talked about 2012, he had his time wave zero computer program that counted down to zero. And he thought that that's when the singularity was going to happen. And he couldn't, he couldn't figure out why he made his calculations based on the I Ching somehow. Brilliant guy. Not sure if he was 
some connected dude or just coming up with this crazy shit on his own. But regardless, it's like it's in the ether here. It's happening. Something is going on. And it's it it is in a way biblical that this deceiver would be looking like the right way to go for a lot of people. And I think when when the Bible's talking about people, you know, the the she everybody's gonna heard that way. And I think those of us who are left behind who see through it. Maybe it's not really about, you know, Gnostic or not Gnostic. It, maybe it's those of us who kind of had this primal faith that was were able to keep us away from going towards this fucking bullshit white light of theirs. Sorry, that was no, a no, lot. No, no, not at all, man. I just, when you said that, I, I wanted to show that. I, I, I lived out, so I wanted to show this picture here. So this is another one of her books. This is basically her biography. This is The Hunger of Eve. Mm-hmm. And we have a picture of it apple here with a bite out of it and yep. what's inside of it i don't know if you how well you can see that but it's the universe ah. right you know, so you so the secrets of the universe right knowledge it's the tree of knowledge right they are inside the apple and she she basically goes through you know the sort of the, the gnostic uh and I know that Gnostic is, you know, there's different branches. So, you know, well, let me just, I'll just clarify, right? Just let me clarify that uh, when they use not like they're lob- lobbing on to something that's existed for thousands of years. Uh, and we love to always, <laughs> those of us who love ancient history in the conspiracy world are always battling like they were all evil back then or, oh, they were Anunnaki demon reptilians. I don't know. I, I wonder if it's just bad personalities, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, anyway, I think Gnosticism itself is, again, it's being used in this way, even though it's all the same language, it's very easy to replace this human being with this external force. Cause we've just, we always are lazy. We're always giving away our, our work to something else. You know what I mean? All right, I will shut up now. Go ahead. No, no, you're cool. You're cool, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, just so the reason why I brought it up is because it's. I think it's that thread of you know the Gnostic narratives that sort of lends itself to to this idea of you know the, the transhumanist bent, which is that right. It, it, so in that inversion of the the Genesis story, right, you, you have basically. You know, the, the, the God of Abraham is the demiurge, is the, is the bad one. And, you know, Lucifer is the light bearer and, you know, he's, he's the good one. And it's the tree of knowledge that gets the, the people out of the garden, which is the prison. Right. And, and sort of, but, you know, it's sort of this pursuit of knowledge, right, at a certain level that lends itself to the idea of conscious evolution or technological evolution. And, you know, uh, I remember just in, in academia, you know, it's, it's long been the argument that evolution stopped happening biogenetically for human beings a long time ago, that basically it's our technologies that drives our evolution. In other words, and thereby it's our knowledge, right? Our ability to manipulate our environment with our technologies that drives our evolution. This is the story of, you know, uh, Space Odyssey 2001. Right. So, you know, you've got the um, you got the, the, the eight people out there and, you know, if you ever pay and there's, it's, it's full of Masonic uh, allegory. Oh, right? yeah. So you've got that obelisk there and then you've got that uh, the moon above it. Right. And well, what do you have? You have an angle. Right. And you have a circle or you have a right an angle and a curved line, meaning. Right. You can graph that geometrically with a square 
and a compass. Right. right? And the monkey looks up and he sees the curve of the, the moon and he looks down and he sees the same curve in the bone. Right. And so what he's doing is he's abstracting through knowledge. He's, he's, he's seeing, right. He's coming up with the abstract concept of a circle. In other words, the concept of abstract geometry, which enables him to grab that bone and now leverage it as a weapon, which is basically the first tool mm. that enables, right. And it's sort of the Kane story as well. Right. So he, so he kills Kane and then, you know, he throws this thing up and it goes up into the sky and it turns into, you know, the, the scene fades and it's a space station. And so basically, the, you know, the symbol there is that, you know, from that from that seed, that concept of geometry, right, you have basic understanding of how to use stone tools, you abstract it out mathematically, uh, and, you know, until until you can sort of branch it out into higher forms of technology. And if you think about, you know, the G inside the square and the compass, right, it means several things, and some oh, yeah. of them are, right, geometry, God, Gnosis, so there's, again, the Gnostic reference, and then generation. Mm -hmm. So if you put all of it together, sort of what it means is that, right, by mastering geometry, you can become your own God by achieving Gnosis, and therefore you can then generate your own reality based on, right, the Gnosis of your self-Godhood, right? And so if you think about the transhumanists, right, somebody like, uh, who is he? is he right here? Mr. Harari, right? Homo Deus, right? Basically, man the God or God man or human the God or God human. Yep. Um, and then you have other people like Ray Kurzweil has said, right, that, that these types of technologies will help us to become godlike. Uh, you've got Ben Gertzel, right? He's he uses um, his he's the head of Hanson Robotics. His his little AI bot's called Sophia. Right, which is again, yeah, yeah, right, another, right? God, the source, God, yeah. And then you know you've got the way of the future church of artificial intelligence, mm. right? So I mean, like, there's a lot of sort of self worship or aspirations to become for for the human to become his or her own god through right, as I mentioned, right, through technology, through absolutely the gnosis of all that. And so you know, again, I know that you know, uh, there's you know. Clearly, people identify as, you know what I mean? Gnostic. Well, that's why I wanted to extend a bridge because I don't call myself a Gnostic by any means because I think there's plenty of holes there. And also, I think that's a story. Like, that's, there's many, like, Gnosticism and what that story entails also exists in many other parts in the world in different cultures too. It's it's these mystery schools that pop up everywhere. But I wanted to extend this bridge because I have the background that I do and in, in where it took me and where my you know direct experiences with God or how I call it God. Um, I'm comfortable with that word, always have been ever since these experiences, you know. Um, but I I walk that fine line. And um, you know, this conversation is actually going in a better place in my opinion than it was originally going to stay on just her and her work but i think it's really good that we're getting into more of the the philosophy behind what's going on because that's what has always baffled me and i think it's it's hard for me to even write about and express to people sometimes uh uh it's again there's a fine line here because in my interpretation this is just me um you find truth on both ends of this where the I've had my own experiences with God and it was within, cause that's how I accessed it. 
But then that same understanding led to an understanding that the difference between outside and inside is actually what the illusion is about. And, um, you know, I mean, not to go off on too much of a tangent on, you know, specific beliefs or anything like that, but I, I do find that it's the ego running the show in this group's case. I find that the whole point of going through these processes of meditation and all this talk that they've fucking ripped away from the real nitty gritty of, of spirituality is that uh, you're trying to get to that place where the ego is silenced and you're, you become more like a giving person. You become more outwardly giving towards your, because it's like the golden rule, right? It's like the more love in the world, the more love is going to be reflected back on you, blah, blah, blah. It sounds cheesy. It's a Hallmark card. I'm sure it can be easily hijacked, but at the same time, it's also true. That's why it can be easily hijacked. And so when you have these experiences, you're supposed to let go of that egoic prowess that makes you think that you can become God. Uh, in my opinion, that's where some of this Gnostic stuff, whether it's original intention was this or how it's being interpreted is wrong, is that you become God. Uh, from the side that fears this, it's being interpreted that way. And from a lot of people that utilize this, these beliefs, it's being interpreted that way, which again is why these people, they are able so easily to, and like I said before, shit, this is going to sweep up a lot of good thinkers that are on to something, but they're missing the point. They think they're God. No, no, you were in communion with this force that is God. You were able to, I mean, I'm rambling again, but as above, so below is a principle that is often, you know, kind of feared because of this, you know, divide between, uh, you know, heathenism, paganism, occult ideas and Christianity, which at one point were all one and they broke, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we're learning about history and how we're in a family feud right now. And it's all our family, you know, it's pretty fucked up. And some of us that God's out there somewhere instead of in here with all of us, you know? Yeah, well, you know, so as far as like, you know, when you talk about the golden rule and like the, the, the moral law, like, you know, you know, in the classical Christian sense, right, like there's a reason why, you know, God is sovereign, you know, and maybe, you know, and if there's anything on earth that's close to that, you know, it's it's Christ, right? But you're it puts a nice wall between you trying to become God or trying to achieve some sort of like a a secret special knowledge or ascended mastery or you know i think it's both and, man but go ahead <laughs> well i mean my thing like this is like the, the moral law the golden rule doesn't really require you to be special or super right it actually requires nope. you to be really humble and absolutely just like a normal regular person right and that's why ramdas had to have that documentary called becoming nobody because this real spiritual movement is about letting go of that egoic self that indulges and is and puts themselves before others which is literally what's happening in front of us wouldn't you say yeah no a hundred percent i mean and with with uh you know like you mentioned as far as you know like the way these technologies sort of actually take you outside yourself instead of you know sort of being being humble and, you know, sort of finding some sort of center, you know, another, another critique that's, 
somebody had was, you know, well, it's, you know, the TV mesmerizes you. This, this wearable helps me to sort of, you know, uh, center myself. Okay. But then it's like, to me, you know, it's sort of like, there's a, there's similar stuff in, in, in martial arts. And I, I, I didn't mention this, but I, you know, 20 uh, something years, right. I used to yeah. compete uh, amateur and stuff like that. And a lot of people wear like heart rate monitors, like, you know, and you know, I mean, maybe that helps, but ultimately like you should be able to kind of sense it yourself. Right. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I wonder whether or not, you know, even with the best intentions, you know, some of the, the wearables and the text, stuff actually just sort of uh impedes uh, the ability to do that you know uh and, and, yeah. and the other thing again to go back to my you know what i what i was you know suggesting about the idea that the golden rule and you know the, the moral law and all that is you know uh it doesn't require you to necessarily be perfect right it just requires you to have grace and forgiveness yes and you know it it doesn't mean that there, therefore you don't always like, you can be upset sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to like have your, this, this sort of Zen thing. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're denying all of it. They're denying that of people. They want people to be these fucking buzzed robots. Right. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, like, you like, like deep breathing meditation, you know, and things like that, like to center yourself, you know, totally cool with it. Right. I mean, like when people start getting into like trying to like, transcend or like reach this <laughs> this this sort of like higher state of consciousness like like you were talking about you know sort of like uh well i don't know what the, the quote from brown Doss was but it was something to the effect of sort of losing yourself becoming nothing or becoming, becoming nobody. nobody yeah he becoming always nobody. said that you have to you have to you have to face the fact that you're nobody before that you can become somebody in this war that's kind of his been his Is idea. that like a moksha sort of nirvana, no mighty thing, or something else? Probably, yeah, uh, in a way. You, so, like, in the same sense that, so where the Gnostics would probably do this to you, right? Uh, where you talked, you, you know, you uh, talked about Christ, where if anything sovereign on this earth, it would be Christ. Where the Gnostics would probably say, and now we have quite a bit of archaeological science backing up these claims of psychedelic substances and everything in in old places and everything, and we, we it's old it's old hat at this point um, that Christos could possibly relate back to this. Unfortunately, I got to say Christ consciousness, which I uh, I think the terminology is really provocative and sexy. And that's why they they've been using it for so many decades. But the concept of it, again, is like. Yeah, I, I under, <laughs> this is hard to put in this uh, in this context, because I understand where you're coming from now. And that's I accept where you're coming from. And I think it's valid where you're coming from. I think what Christianity is always talking about is this egoic self that needs to be batted down. And you need to be submissive to this Christ idea that this much better idea. And I think I think Jesus is a great example or is literally the example of what we were supposed to be like, right? Christ-like, right? And yes, I, I think this whole movement is filled with, with idolaters and people who are completely fucking up the real, God's real message of, of who we are here. We are his children, not his equal. I, I don't think that at all. I, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong with that. And I know I'm kind of running in circles here. I apologize. Oh, this will bring us back to the article because that's a term that she uses 
all the time. Uh, Christ consciousness, right? I mean, I don't think Christ consciousness, you know, I, is is uh, calling half the population, right? Well, I mean, to the yeah. extent that it's a thing, right? Like, yeah, go ahead. Well, just that. You know, I'm big into etymology. Uh, if you go into some of my episodes, man, yeah, I go deep into words and the history of words and where they come from. And, you know, not only are we finding a lot of, you know, benign nature and a lot of things we consider demonic, but also there's the element where um, Christos, eventually you find out this was anointed. And, and of course, one part of the world says, well, yeah, that anointed one was Jesus. And then other part of the world was like, you know, that was Krishna and another part of the, so it's in a way I I've also heard, and this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but it, here, go ahead, respond to that first before I jump off. <laughs> if you had, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, I mean, so the new agers would like sort of engage in something that's known as uh, syncretism. Right. Yes. Uh, and then the, the in the you know the Christian vein, sometimes it's sort of related to something called ecumenism, right? It's sort of this idea where you take the mythologies of any world religion and you sort of try to find where they're saying something similar and then call it the same thing. And you know, and by, and by the way, you know, before I was like, you know, a, a classical Christian, like, you know, I've got, you know, each Ching tattoos. Oh, so you've done your time. You've done the I used to make birth charts, right? Like <laughs> I used to do the cast, the Yarrow stats. Like I, you know, I've, I've dabbled in the mystical stuff, you know? Good, and, good, uh, good. That gives me more perspective about you. And I appreciate that. I mean, I already did, but I'm going, this makes you even more cool. Yeah. <laughs> you've yeah, walked I mean, the walk. You get it. No, yeah, and so you know, and I'm not, and I don't believe that you know, just just like okay, in the same in the same idea that, like, we're using computers right now, right? Some people might say that like we're in it, man, (laughs) right? Like we're on our way to being transhuman, like, and you know, some people like, well, that's sort of uh, you know an equivocation or a slippery slope or something like that, but not not really. Right. Like a friend, yeah. a friend of mine, we were having this debate and it was, it was this deep philosophical discussion on his podcast about deconstruction is philosophy. And, you know, what's the relationship between the words we use and the things we refer to? And we sort of came to the like, well, dude, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to a picture of you on a screen. Yeah. Right. And so and so like, you know, our lives are already bound up now. Does this mean that like every form of using technology is there thus, you know, sort of transhuman? I, I, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's gotta be a line somewhere, but I don't think it's fair to say that all technology is thus transhuman in the same way. You know, I don't think, you know, that every form of, you know, like I said, deep breathing meditation or sort of like, you know, yoga and things like that is necessarily like, you know, sort of deep, you know, or dark mysticism or something right. like that. Right. I, right. I don't, I don't go there. Right. Um, uh, interestingly, you know, sort of to tie together, you know, if you've ever studied the I Ching, you know, that, right. There, the yin and yang is broken line, solid line. Yes. And then quite literally Leiden is used broken line, solid line to come up with binary code zero and one. Yes. Right. And so basically right here in, 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 in the I Ching, right. It's, it's both a logical system in the sense that you can graph anything based on a base two notation, right. but you can also div- divine with it, right? So you can cast your Yarrow stocks and you can get 
like a, an oracle uh and you know as you're as you're meditating on something and get sort of like you know some perspective on whatever it is in your life so so it's yes and and you know uh Gertzel, right? He uses an uses an I Ching symbol for his handsome robotics as the as the logo, oh, and, 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 wow. and it means something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Rosa Quarry uh, interpreted it, and I wish I could remember what it was. But it was like if you read it and thought about robots, like it it's so, it somehow could have could be a double oh. entendre, right? But but anyways, I, I, I'm <laughs> digressing, right? My my point is that you know. Uh, so I've studied, you know, you know, all the different stuff, I, I, not all of it, but, you know, pretty, pretty much everything that I've, that, that most people have encountered, I've, I've dabbled in. Uh, and, but when, to get back to the idea of syncretism or ecumenism, like, yeah, you could say that stuff is similar and there's stuff that overlaps, but to be honest, there's ways that it doesn't fit together. Right. And, you know, in my, in my book, um, you know, my solution, you know, uh, to the whole, Ed tech agenda is to go back to the classical method. And that means grammar, logic, rhetoric. It's the trivium method, which, you know, has always been used in, you know, classical Christianity, but not just that. I mean, even, even Freemasons were big on the, the, the trivium. Uh, but, you know, when you, you, when you look at logic, right. And, you know, uh, interestingly, the root logos is right. What first John is actually, or, or John one is, you know, they, they say in the beginning was the word and the word was, God's word with God. Right. If you read it in the Greek, it's in the beginning was the Logos. And yes. the Logos was God, right? And so the, the Greeks had another word for like the grammatical symbol of word, right? Like, when, like before, this is one of the things that sort of got me to sort of convert all the way, which was like, you know, I used to hear that and it's like in the beginning was the Bible. Like, well, that doesn't make any sense because like, you know, the Bible is itself sort of, you know, it's, it's historically in pieces, right? There was an Old Testament and a New Testament, like, you know what I mean? Like, we know that, but clearly the New Testament wasn't, right, when the Old Testament was, and so, you know, so what does that mean, right? And well, no, it doesn't mean words, you know, the, the, the Greek for grammatical symbol would be rima. So they picked logos because that's basically a, um, it's basically a, uh, it's a very loaded term, which basically refers to ontology or like the order of the universe, okay? Mm. And it's, it's sort of in the East, it has a corollary with the Tao. So you might see this book here, it says Christ, the eternal Tao. And this is why I go by Taoist professor, because, you know, if you translate it into the Chinese, it was often, they would say in the beginning was the Tao, rather than picking, you know, a, you know, a Chinese uh, script right. as a um, uh, ideograph or whatever as the corollary, right? Because they had this concept like, oh, this is, this is more like Logos, right? And so... You know, and I'm a martial artist, so I, I that's that's my handle because you know, um, I I you know I I, I don't want as I mentioned before, like you know I I believe what I believe, sure, uh, and you know I want to be honest about that, but I don't want to fight with anybody that doesn't believe that, and I don't feel like I have to beat people over the head with it, and you know to to go back to what I was getting at with the idea of logos and logic is that one of the laws is this thing called. Of contradiction right and it's the one thing that we have that can like we can't know everything right i don't care what barbara marks hubbard or whoever says you can't you can't become god and somehow be the mind of god as google wants to be right you can't sort of download all the, the world's knowledge through some brain computer interface like Kurzweil would believe mm. uh but what you can know is where you're wrong 
right? Like that's the one thing you can know is like when you're, when something is not measuring up, it doesn't mean you have all, all the answers, but right. You can at least say like, Oh, I messed up there. Right. And this right, sort right. of gets us back to the idea of the whole golden rule thing, which is really just being able to be honest with yourself and say like either, Hey, I don't really know that. Or, you know, you raised a good point. I need to go back and check it again. Or, you know, Hey, I, I that was wrong. And I'm sorry. <laughs> that, to me, that's the, that's the higher mind. Like that's it. Damn that's right. It, you know I mean? like, yes. Uh, bare bones, man. It, Occam's razor in my opinion is, is still valid. You know, that's, that's the most important thing here is that, when it really comes down to it, it's the simplicity of that golden rule or that, that good behavior, that reaching out, that serve, you know, serving others, all that good stuff. You know, I think we've come perfectly right. You know, we've, we've, uh, we've walked this bridge beautifully, I think, because it, it just brings it right back around the, the Taoist professor. I love it because yeah, the way man, like, it Taoism is so simple. There's a reason why it broke away from it. Well, not literally, but you know, it's a, it's a offshoot of these mainline religions or Buddhism or Hinduism or anything. It's its own thing that is stripped down to this, you know, being honest with yourself, really, it really does come down to that, I think. And that's the opposite of what all of these people are bringing us towards. It's literally uh, a mockery of being honest with ourselves. It's again, you said, yeah, Kurzweil and all of them think that you can download the history of the world. No, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be just interfacing with something that's showing you that information. And it's not going to be, it's, it's not going to be you. It's just constantly going to be putting on, superhero pjs and that's that's what it looks like to me yeah and, and i don't think that you know when they say like you'll be able to copy your consciousness and upload it like bullshit I yeah don't think, like this is what i think like so you know you've heard these like cliched stories and i don't know if they're true or not but maybe they were and that is you know uh so when we came uh you know when the the europeans came over to the to the americas uh you know the uh, when they encountered the Native Americans, they, you know, took a picture of them or something and they and they'd show them the picture and then the Native American would say something like, oh, you, you know, you captured my soul, right? right yeah. they, see, they see this clearly, like, this is a picture of me in there, right? Like, that's, that's me in there, right. right? And, like, I think that all that this uploading consciousness thing would be would just be like, a, you know, it would be a 3D version of that that maybe you could program it to say, like respond to you, like through like sort of some sort of Alexa algorithm that, that maybe sounds like you and has sort of a bunch of like stock, you know, responses that would be something like you would say, you know, based on our aggregate of everything you've ever posted online or something. And, mm. and it might convince you or whoever's talking to it that it is like, that's, you know, it looks like him, sounds like him. He, that's exactly the things he believed. That's exactly the things he said, but it's just a 3D picture. Like it didn't steal your soul any more than the photograph did, right? Or your consciousness to use their, to use their term. Yeah, man, I would, you just, I just had a great thought here. Like maybe the only way they would do it is if they could at least produce consciousness, then they could at least show those pictures enough, right? Like you're saying, like convince you because people can be manipulated so easily as we can see. Can you imagine coming out of a vat and just being given a history. I mean, we see that in the movies all the time. And I like to say that they're kind of telling us what's going on half the time. So I don't know. Well, and, that, and that's the one thing, though, that, you know, they, whether it be Christ consciousness or just, 
evolutionary consciousness or this idea of consciousness in general, like, you know, we, we need to raise our consciousness. It's like, we haven't really defined what that is. So it's hard to say <laughs> what, what raising it really looks like or means. I mean, we could be referring to being aware of the propaganda and things in, in some ways, you know, on a, on just sort of a, you know, awareness level. But like when people talk consciousness, right, it usually means something more than, you know, your brains or your mind or your soul, spirit, whatever, your ability to sort of process information. It means something that's metaphysical, there's something like the, the consciousness with a big C, right? This thing that <laughs> sort of like is not just, you know, neurotransmitters and electrical signals and chemicals in the brain. It, it means something that's sort of metaphysical and transcendent, right? But mm. I mean, even the term itself, consciousness, like if you look at the, it's the suffix on it, right? Ness is, it's a quality of something else. <laughs> yes, you know I mean? dude. Yes. It's, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, you know, so it, it's that's, like an adjective. It's not a noun. Yes, you know dude. I mean? That's like, so awesome that you brought that up. Cause honestly, uh, oh shit, where was I going with that? So consciousness. Yeah. It's, it's describing something else. And a lot of, so the reason I was really into Buddhism when I was younger and I, I kind of saw that the the split away from hinduism which you know buddhism was be, was because they even rejected the self they were like yeah you talk about you know letting go of attachment to this world yet you're holding on to this self yeah we think that's illusory too and it's like it's kind of getting at what you're talking about where it's like yeah this consciousness what is it describing it's just describing like the maybe like more of a verb of conscious of a state of being perhaps, which I think a better way to put it might be instead of raising our consciousness or expanding our consciousness, maybe it could be that we're, that we're reaching upwards or reaching outwards towards something or reaching inwards, but it's level like to, to be enlightened, I would say is to be shot back down to earth more than anything else. That's what real enlightenment is. It's facing reality past traumas, current traumas, things you're ignoring because the conspirator is in here too. I always say it. There's a little conspirator that's keeping you safe from all the things you don't want to think about that you haven't faced in 10 years, all the bad habits you've created. It's all fractal. It's all again, as above, so below as below. So above it's happening on every level. So I think, I think using different language in certain ways, we are talking about the same exact uh, righteousness and the same exact kind of evil archetypes, you know, in a way, even though we come from different backgrounds and different perspectives here. And I really thought this conversation was, was pretty great. I'm sorry. I rambled a lot though. <laughs> no, no, man, I'm having fun, man. I, you know, I've watched some of your stuff before and I, I can tell you're a genuine dude and an honest oh, guy. I was kind of, you know, like, like, well, we're probably going to get into this metaphysical stuff and it's not the most popular thing to say you're a classical Christian, but you know, there's this thing in, in the, Paul says, you know, like, I will not be ashamed of Christ. And like, I don't want to say that I'm, that I feel like I'm ever ashamed, but I do. Sometimes I feel like I uh, should, should be more upfront about it. You know what I mean? Regardless. Hey, yeah. I'm always, a, you know, I'm always, I don't want to otherwise alienate people because, you know, like you said, we're, we're in this thing together and, you know, we're, I think we're both, you know, we don't, neither of us knows everything. We're both right. striving towards something true. Right. And um, in, in that regard, you know, I, I want to I don't want to alienate people, but I want to be honest. And hopefully, you know, I, I know this society and this world is like, Man, you know, yeah. the whole, 
the cancel culture stuff, it's hard to, to have an honest, genuine conversation, but I, I thought that I would be able to do that with you. So that's why, you know, I'm just sort of, uh, I'm sort of just, you know, winging it here. Like, Hell that. yeah. I'm glad you felt that way. And I appreciate that. And that's, one of the great great things that's come out of this conversation, this bridge that that I keep mentioning, because I have that time, hard time all the time. I do a show called Worship in the Storm with someone, a good friend of mine, Emmanuel, who is a follower of Jesus devoutly. And I'm not, but we do a great show together. And the, the way that our philosophies come together, it's, it's beautiful. And I think we need more of that than less than that, because we're all fighting the same forces. We're all against the same ideas for our children coming at them. It's, I think it's a collective that, you know, it's, it's uh, there's too much infighting and I think that's inevitable, but Hey, maybe more conversations like this can get the ball rolling to a, a higher state of consciousness. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and, you know, that language works on a certain level. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, you know, and, you know, I, as you mentioned, you know, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, Christians aren't very good at doing that either. Right. You know, no one is most, most of us are not, you know, most of us uh, are letting the ego run the show. I mean, like yeah. he's saying shit that disagrees with me. So therefore he must be on the other line, other side of that line. You know what I mean? One of my really good friends is a, a he's a, he's a communist, right. You know, and he's like an open-minded dude. Like, you know, there like, you go. You know, he's like, like, you know, and he sort of, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm, I don't really do left, right stuff, but I guess, for some reason, uh, people on the right tend to uh, have me on their show a lot more. <laughs> you know Dude, mean? it's a racket. Yeah. Left versus right is a racket. It's divide and conquer. You talk about Hegelian dialectic all the time. I, you know, yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's the Christian thing that makes it people sort of. But you know, like we we you know my friend my friend Andy what the what's left podcast like you know he's he has honest questions about you know communism and i have honest questions about you know you know my own economics which are politically agnostic in a lot of ways but you know i mean like uh a lot of people would just go oh you know this person identifies as communist or and then and on the other end he'd be like oh that guy's a christian and then we'd never talk and you know guy's like one of my best friends and uh you know he's just like you he's just an honest guy he's a genuine guy and you know what what else can you ask for you know and then as you know in the in the as a christian you know speaking you know on, on behalf like you know uh if everybody if, if it was just about everybody being perfect and and you know getting everybody to believe the same thing and, and even even within the denominations right, right. <laughs> agreed right like if that was right. the case then you really wouldn't need jesus and you wouldn't need grace or forgiveness right so you know you're almost back to this level of like trying to be jesus or be god and like sort of beat people over the head with you know some sort of dogma and i you know i just you know, I, and, and I, I have a lot of questions myself, you know, as far as, you know, uh, whether it be politics, economics, spirituality, you know, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I've got some of my best friends, pretty, pretty much all of them, right? Like all different, all different kinds of beliefs. And I'm not going to not be friends with people anymore because of that. You know Damn I mean? right. Amen to that, man. Uh, this this conversation has been great. I really appreciate you coming on, dude. And I really appreciate your writing, your book, um, and this article. Please, everybody, go check it out. Because, I mean, you can find it in, in uh, on your website 
and unlimited hangout i'm sure other places as well or it's probably all over the place by now (laughs) which is great people do that yeah please go and and buy his book school world order i highly recommend it man that that book was was great and i think more people need to need to learn about you know what's going on with their own children's education and everything and where it's come from and where it's headed oh man so anyway uh let me stop here and, and let you tell my audience where they can find you. Where's the best place to reach you? Uh, so I, I write pretty exclusively for unlimited hangout. Um, cool. And so, you know, if you want to catch my most recent articles, uh, that's where you would go um, first. And maybe I've got a website, which is schoolworldorder.info. Um, uh, let's see, I got a Twitter so Dallas professor, professor Dallas, one or the other. I can't remember. Sweet. I'll be retweeting our conversation and everything. And, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think I uh, retweeted the, the announcement yes. today. Yeah. And, um, say so I got a telegram, uh, it's either school world order or Dallas professor. Um, and, uh, there's a forum. One of them's the forum or where people chat and the other one's the page. I got a bit shoot and a you know YouTube that you can you can get all the links to all these just at schoolworldorder.info. You can get my book from there as well, uh, which is uh, from Trying Day. So if you know getting it from Trying Day is better for me and uh, Chris and uh, you know you don't have, you don't want to feed Amazon if you don't have to, but it's Absolutely. on Amazon as well. Uh, it recently got uh, translated into Japanese. Which, which I thought was really cool. They, they nice. reached out on their own. Uh, so, cool. uh, yeah, was, I was really happy about that. And then um, I got a database that's there that where I upload um, all my stuff that Charlotte gave me. You know, I've got boxes and boxes of all kind of files that. Yeah, we didn't even get into the data. I mean, man, that would be a whole series, but holy crap, man, like your database is impressive. I mean, and thanks to her for all of her contributions to this too. Yeah, yeah. No, she I, I was there for uh what was it like well, I said there was a 30-day period, and that's when I went through she had 13 file cabinets in her barn with like 36 drawers all the way filled, right? And there's a lot of duplicate stuff, so I didn't just like grab it all out, but you know, I went through like and, and I've got a little, I, I'm not joking when I say I've got over a thousand pounds of paper. And then if I add the books, I probably got close to 2000 pounds and stuff. And wow. the database, uh, you know, I, I uploaded or updated every week. Uh, and it, you know, if, so if you want to support me, that database is on, on a paywall. It's the only thing that I uh, put on a paywall. It's sort of, uh, I'm trying to be able to free up time where I can publish and post uh, more regularly as an adjunct. I teach, uh, I teach, uh, you know, six classes instead of three, like a, like a tenured professor. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of spare time. So if I can not try to get rich, but you know, if, if I can sort of teach less classes, I could do this a little more regularly. So I know people are hard, hard up with the, uh, you know, <laughs> you gotta be the way it is. So, you know, if, if, if you have extra, you know, five dollars a month, uh, and you'd like to do that, you know, you can, you can go on there. It's a, it's a sort of a, a web brain. It's got all the nodes and threads and it's got documents and notes. Nice. So, so that's pretty much everything. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Please everybody go check out John's work. And yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me about this and having an awesome conversation where I, I didn't even know it was going to go to these, these depths. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you could go to those depths with me because a lot of people probably think I'm pretty weird, but not in this community. Right. <laughs> no, 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 man. I mean, like I said, I, you know, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've had my own experiences, you know, I mean, <laughs> on the other, on the other end of the, of the aisle, I guess you would say. And, uh, Hell yeah. no, no, man, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we did it. You know, uh, we sort of went away from the article there, but I, I figured it would, cause I seen how your style is, you know, it's just kind of, you know, it's a conversation. Yeah. yeah and really. I want people to read it themselves. I didn't want to go through every detail. I wanted to give a little bit of here and there and get it give everybody a picture of, of what this article is about. And I think it's a really important thing. It's to me, it's the penultimate really, because spirituality is where they get our hearts. You know, it's, it's not about our wallet anymore, which obviously is very near and dear to us. And it's very important, but when they come after this stuff, this is where it gets real subtle and real, real dark, you know? So I think this is very important. And again, I really appreciate all the work you're doing. So everybody go check out John's work. And thanks again for tuning into another episode of the deep share. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to this episode of the deep share podcast. If you want to hear more then hit that subscribe button, follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself. But don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, pacifaria. Enough, I get the point. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? I mean... <laughs> <laughs>